0: This podcast is brought to you by Glow Anti Aging. I've been going to Glow for the past two years and love the environment. I always feel refreshed and rejuvenated every time I leave. To maximize convenience and comfort, you can now pamper yourself at home by shopping all your favorite products online at com and use the code life for 10% off. Hey there, it's Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. We are pretty pumped to invite you to eavesdrop while we chat with some of our favorite badasses in and beyond the hockey world. The arena goal horn doesn't blow when people have success off the ice, so we wanna blow it here. Did you say blow? Oh, I might have.
1: Claudette likes to rap while eating kale and chewing healthy juice on her way to Supermoment, sell real estate, or change the world one philanthropic moment at a time.
0: Bridge smashes coffee and makes up the words to her favorite songs, needs to set an alarm on her phone for almost every appointment in life because she's always late. She's busy managing her three kids, dancing addiction, and website for pro hockey families. If we lived together, we would high five each other at 4.45 a.m. when I'm just getting up and Bridget is headed to bed, each a vampire in our own right.
1: Both of us love our families, each other, and our insanely awesome hockey community. So pour yourselves a drink of choice and saddle up because the boys aren't the only ones with the stories. Okay, so it may not seem like it, but we actually really do love having men on the podcast. Clearly it's not because we want to break down the game or anything, it's just because we want to get to know them on a more personal level and we welcome their perspective. On the heels of a year that magnified racism and brought the words educate, empathy and compassion to the forefront, today's guest, Kevin Weeks, shares some everyday realities and passes along his message of inclusivity and service as a great ambassador of diversity. We want to take this time to celebrate Black History Month and welcome Kevin who truly is one of our hockey family's treasures. He's an NHL alumni goaltender and made history himself in 2009 when he became the first black analyst in hockey. He's a sports broadcaster, gracing the NHL network and beyond, and seen on TV more than any hockey analyst in the world. And it's obvious why. His positive energy and passion for life, hockey, and people is admirable and contagious. Today, we're here to get to know Weeksy, and what propels him to continually move forward and be the badass human that he is each and every day? A man like this reminds us that we all have the power to affect change. It's what we're going to do with it that really matters.
2: Hey, ladies, what's up? How you doing? I'm great. How are you two doing? What's good. Going
1: on? This is Kodak. Codette, This is. Kodette, how's it going? Good. Nice to meet you.
2: Nice to meet you too. What's happening?
1: We're just getting through, having some fun. We were we're excited to have you on. Number one. Uh, I'm happy to have you because, I i mean, I think it was a couple of years ago I saw you in New York and haven't seen you since. Um, and two, just kind of help us celebrate Black History Month, and you are a big part of it, my friend.
2: I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks a million. Great to see you again. And Codette, nice seeing you on here too. Yeah, it's been, uh, what a crazy year, right? In general. I think it's been a wild year. There's just so much going on.
1: Yeah, exactly. We don't. I mean, we want to get into all of it, but we'd love to kind of just start with how you grew up and where you grew up. We would love to get to know everybody just on a little bit more of a personal level and keep it light and fun. But also, we've got some serious shit to talk about sure. too. Yeah,
2: of course, of course. No, no, that's all good. Listen, I uh, I grew up in Toronto. Both my parents, my mom and dad, are from Barbados. And my mom, my mom came to Canada. Went to Canada first in '68. My uncle left Barbados. Her brother, my late uncle, now. And my aunt left Jamaica, they went to London, and they were in London for a while, and they went to Toronto, and then, sorry, to Windsor, Ontario. And they said to my mom, they're like, yeah, it's really awesome. Canada's really cool. You love it. It's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And my mom's like, yeah, but it snows there. Like, I'm going to leave Barbados (laughs) and go to Canada. (laughs) Like, you were saying that about London, and now you're in Canada. So, you know, anyway, so all that being said, they ended up convincing my mom, she just turned 17, I think. To, uh, to emigrate from, from Barbados to, to Windsor, uh, back to Canada. And then she did that. And they pretty soon had my cousin, ironically enough. So my mom was like the de facto babysitter, which was cool, you know, as she kind was getting- nice. Yeah, exactly, as she Forever. was getting acclimated. Totally, in <laughs> transition to get acclimated in Canada. And then everything kind of, She, my mom ended up going back to, to Barbados, her and my dad got married, and then she told him to come and visit Toronto. And then my dad was like, all right, well, Sure, I'll come visit, but I'm I'm not leaving Barbados. My mom's like, What do you mean you're not leaving? So once once he ended up getting there, my mom had an apartment set up, all's Canadian immigration, everything was done. She's like, You're here now. So (laughs) that's That's what women do. do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. That's that's what women do. Yeah, you have a job, you start Monday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. Get a
2: job, you're good to go. Everything's cool. And literally everything that was 73. And then everything just kind of changed from there. So my parents were there and Canada became home. And then they had me in 75, and then uh, basically, like my same older cousin I was referencing, he was born in 68, I was born in 75, 1975, he was born in 1968. So in our old neighborhood back home, downtown Toronto, it was really multicultural, our neighborhood was, but it was the first kind of little Italy of Toronto, really. So a lot of our friends whose parents were Italian and or Greek or Portuguese or whatever else, or Irish, Canadian, whatever, mm-hmm. And then us who were Caribbean, we just started playing street hockey. That was kind of our intro into living in Canada. And we awesome. started playing street hockey, right? And they're older than me, so I was literally the ball chaser. Like, this is so embarrassing. I was the ball chaser. So,
1: <laughs> so is Codette.
2: <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to do it.
0: It is a title I hold dear to my heart. So. Is that right? Oh, yeah.
2: So, totally. Somebody's got to do it. So if the ball would literally go, like, in the, in the thorn bushes or whatever or in, uh, in the rose bushes or wherever it would go, the high grass or whatever behind our building, I had to like go and retrieve the ball. So we had this goalie, I'll never forget his parents were Greek. His last name was Lambros, and he was always one of the goalies and they'd rotate the other guy. So for whatever reason, Lambros and his parents had emigrated to Canada and then they were going back to Greece, which is random. And I was five, five. And they're like, okay, well, if you kind of want to, you know, if you want to get in there, you can kind of get in there. Playing street hockey, these guys are 10, 11, 12, 13. And literally that's where it started. And we went to Hillcrest Park, which is our neighborhood park, and they would flood it in the in the winter, you know, the outdoor rinks back home. Yeah. And I was out there. I don't know if you if either of you remember Cougar winter boots. You may Bridge. Oh. I don't know if you remember if, Cougar or North Star, but I had
1: Yeah. Cougar, I,
2: yeah. I had Cougar winter boots, right? Like these fake cowboy boots, especially for you guys being customers. <laughs> <laughs> like cowboy winter boots with lining in them.
1: <laughs> nice. I was,
2: seriously, I was literally on the outdoor rink rocking these. And then we went to like the iconic, it's, it's iconic St. Mike's arena back home. So many NHL players came through St. Mike's, but my cousin went to go play house league. And once he registered, then I went to my parents. And I'm like, listen, I want to play. And from there, I like my teacher in gr- second grade, as we say here in the States, first grade, as we say back yeah. home, uh, my teacher, Miss Mahar. my first book I wrote was about playing in the NHL and away we went from there. That was it. I was six years old and that was it.
1: That was it. Wow. And yeah. as a goalie right from then?
2: Yeah, right from then. I will. Of, yeah, everything else was boring. Like, no. <laughs> listen, obviously, you guys are great friends with, with Gretz, the great one, and, and Mario and all them, and Iserman. They were all coming in mess. And, you know, it was cool. Ray Bork, all these, eh. But Grant Fear was the dude. Like, Grant Fear was the guy. Fierzy was the guy. Uh, Mike Richter ended up coming after, and, you know, Hashik and Patrick Waugh, Marty, and all these other people. But Grant Fear was like my North Star as a goalie. And especially the fact that he was black too and he was playing for the Oilers and the Oilers were winning and he was sick and he was fun to watch. That just kind of hooked me from there. And I was like, I'm going to do that one day. That's going to happen.
0: Totally. Well, it is exciting. Like everyone loves a good glove save. Like you can just make it like so dramatic. My, my youngest loves to do that too. Like he just, but he won't play. He won't be a goalie, but. Smart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't actually didn't mind it. Like when people are like, how are you, how are you a goalie's wife? Like, isn't it stressful? And I'm like, not really because you guys don't get injured the same way players do. Right. So I was like, I felt more off the hook in that stress department, but. Totally get it. Yeah.
2: Totally get it. You know, that's an evolved perspective, Codette. I like that. It's like <laughs> yeah. a 30,000 foot flying above the Atlantic Ocean looking down. respect yeah. that though.
0: But it's true though, right? Yeah. Like well, I know how Jason comes off the ice. Yeah. He might like pull a groin or something or. Sure whatever but he's not getting run into the boards usually yeah, but yeah nothing
1: yeah. insane but meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile I had daughters that played soccer and they were both defenders and one of them played she thought she wanted to be a goalie for a while and and she was really good she was good but I'm like I can't handle this and I was, <laughs> such, a, I was such a shit mom yeah. I actually texted Cody Ward that day yeah. and I was like Cody I don't know how the hell you do this like how do you yeah and then I I kind of I might have been a crappy soccer mom at that point I think I said to the coach listen don't pinhole her into being a goalie she just doesn't want to run (laughs) no she it's 100 degrees outside I go listen she's hot and she doesn't want to (laughs) run
0: yeah Yeah, she's being lazy like
2: oh that's funny that's funny you're like anywhere else but there (laughs) She'll handle the orange slices and in halftime. She'll do whatever, but she's not playing net. Not that
0: fun. Yeah. Well, my, I know. But youngest, like Easton, he knows I want him to be a goalie. He's like, I know mom really wants me to be a goalie. No way. He doesn't want me
1: to get hurt.
2: <laughs> he's, all, he, he's he's down. He totally understands the whole program.
1: Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I just can't even, I think, too, that you just said that there was a goalie in the street hockey game. Like, you had to wait for that goalie to move to Greece so you could step in between the pipes? Yeah, I had to wait for him to
2: move back to Greece. Like, literally, I had to wait for him to move back to Greece and then uh, sign up to play house league so that I could play all the time. And, you know, it was cool, though, because we lived downtown, like, pretty much downtown at the time before we moved out to the Burbs to Scarborough, but to the east side. But basically, what was really cool about it is that there was no pressure for me like there was zero pressure having two Bajan parents like there was no pressure about playing mm-hmm. and there was no real expectations and we were learning as a family like as we went along yeah. and both my parents worked you know I would get up and see like my aunt and uncle who lived in the same building where we lived in the building at the time my aunt was a nurse my uncle uh, he worked different factory jobs and he had different jobs in, in retail and stuff and my dad worked at the chocolate factory he worked at uh Nestle Laura Secord chocolate plant oh. and my mom worked at Blue Cross right so I, I grew up seeing both parents work and you know all this snow days and the different stuff you hear nowadays that, that wasn't really a thing like
1: yeah. and both the
2: parents took TTC like they took the transit by the way public transit
1: yeah so
2: they didn't buy their first car especially because we were in the downtown core they bought their first car in 81 or 82 and just because I started playing AAA hockey they bought a car but otherwise they wouldn't have bought a car and like as immigrant family and two parents working. So it was, you know, I learned work ethic from them and I saw a lot of that from them and my aunt and uncle and different people that were around me and stuff. And literally like from when I was six till when I retired from playing to TV. Now my parents never had to wind my watch to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes you, you got to pull a kid along or they might need a little push or whatever. They were, they were never had to do that. Cause I knew that they both worked really hard. Mm-hmm. and you're trying to work overtime, especially playing goalie, are you nuts? Like, goalie... That equipment?
0: Oh, that equipment totally. I know, seriously, it's right. insane.
2: Like, honest to God, like, I remember sometimes, you know, you're eight, you're nine, sticks break, not that you're breaking them, but sticks break Or you want a new stick, and you're kind of hopeful, you're like, I hope somebody breaks this one today, I hope there's a <laughs> shot that goes, right? And I swear to God, I could look up in the stands and see my dad now, he'd be like, Oh. <laughs> you, know, you know you gotta buy then it's two new sticks or whatever right so working
1: working more overtime do you think you appreciated it um the whole time like even as a young kid how hard they were working or not until you looked back and realized how hard it is
2: good question i i, I appreciated it the whole time because i knew that they were you know they both work full-time and they're trying to get time and a half when you get time and a half mm-hmm. you know obviously it's a little extra cream and whether it's quebec Pee Wee tournament or Camloops man of tournament or Um, you know, as I get older and midget, then it's the max milk tournament, Calgary, all these different things. Like that's big cake. Like, let's be real. It's expensive for parents. Do you know what I mean? And a hundred percent totally. So I was always cognizant of that, but also too, like, keep in mind, like people were traveling and you had people that would come up to my dad to be like, Carl, we're going to Barbados. Where should we go? Where should we stay? Where should we eat? What should we do? And like, as the family, we, we went a couple times when I was younger but how are you going to go when you need new pads for 1200 bucks okay, right? right you need a new glove and blocker it's 800 bucks you need new skates you're going like a weed and all this other stuff plus tournaments and plus going to games all across Toronto like even yeah. in general and all across the province from Ottawa back to Windsor and the mm-hmm. west side so yeah it was uh, it was a lot but I was always appreciative of what they did for sure man never be here without them yeah. and my younger yeah. sister never be here without them
1: that's awesome. Well, your time is scarce at that point with your parents working too. Like they can't take the time off necessarily to go fly to Barbados.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's no, you know, there was no accoutrements that way. Like everything was poured into family starting in a new country and, and kind of our journey and me playing right. Mm-hmm. And, and them supporting me and me playing and, and what that looked like. And what was also weird too is, <laughs> I don't know if you guys had this out West, but in the then MTHL, now GTHL back home, we used to have to pay, we just have to pay to get in our own games to play. Like we had to pay admission.
1: Really? As a player? Yeah. As a player. What? So
2: imagine, right? So if it's my, so if it's me playing, my mom, dad, my sister at the game, well, okay, well now you have to pay registration times, sorry, registration, admissions times four to get in, what? right? Plus snack bar, plus, plus, yeah. plus, whatever. So it's just little things like that. And then obviously gas, you're driving all across the city or the province or whatever else it'll be too. So it adds up, and I again, I'm very, very grateful to uh, to my mom and my dad. And she's more the business brain than than my dad would be. He's more the the romantic, and he kind of romanticizes things more. But uh, she, my mom, is really strong-willed, and and I owe a lot to to both of them. But to her, from a business standpoint as well, I owe a lot to my mom for sure.
1: Oh, I love that. That's awesome. I'm no, sure mom. they're so proud of you.
2: <laughs> uh, thank you. We're close, man. We're, we're really close knit. My my family's close knit. Meg who's from Calgary. Uh, my girl, her, her family's really close-knit too, so it's pretty interesting. I know you're Westerners, which we'll kind of pivot there later, but I've got my honorary Western passport now, so I'm good to go, I'm good to go out west. It was a little bit shaky before, but not now. I'm good to go out west now.
1: You can oh. rock your fur-lined cowboy boots one more time. Yeah, exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly, totally, totally. This,
0: about, this sounds like something I need for the winter. I hate that I have to like retire my cowboy boots. For exactly, winter,
2: so. exactly. Yeah, no, you got to, that's a new trend right there. Fur-lined old school, fur-lined cowboy boots, (laughs) as you guys call them. I won't say this word and you're good to go. (laughs) Giddy up. Yeah, exactly.
1: You said that Grant Fuhr was kind of your, you wanted to be like Grant Fuhrer. Um, Did you ever get to meet him?
2: I did. In fact, I got to play against him in a preseason game. And man, I got to play against him in a preseason game. And that was really trippy. It was really, it was cool, but trippy because all the hockey cards, all the posters, hockey sticker books, watching all the Euler games, tuning in, even with, you know, the late start being in the East Coast or whatever, two hour time difference, but all the hockey, you know, Team Canada games, Canada Cups, all this different stuff. And now all of a sudden it's like, shh, I'm facing off against him, man. (laughs) It It was trippy. It was really, 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 really trippy. And it was a preseason game, so he was nice enough. I remember we passed each other um, going into the net. But he was really, really cool in that respect. I never had very many conversations with him over the years mm-hmm. until I started broadcasting. I would see him out there in Arizona when he was, doing, when he was Phoenix's goalie coach, right? Yeah. He did a great job of Brizgalov out there. And I really think he should and could be a great goalie coach if he still wanted to. But uh, that was, it was trippy stuff, seeing people seeing people whose posters you had, and then you get a chance to play games.
1: All of a sudden. It's like a holograph of them.
2: Yeah, exactly. It was mind-bending. You know, I, I'm impersonating him, playing street hockey. right? the save by fear, what save? <laughs> no, you, know, you did, and even like horsing around in practice and minor hockey and junior and stuff, I would do that. And you know, you're kind of going back and forth with the play, with the shooters. And I stoned you. For, I gave you the grab your glove save. You know that kind of sh- <laughs> stuff. We and, can swear uh, on
1: here. We're fine with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so, that, so that
2: kind of shit, and then basically okay. you're just like. Man, this is, uh, it was really heady. And I mean, even still guys, like here's one thing, ladies, that'll be interesting. I remember when he got suspended, I don't know if you all remember that, but he got suspended and it was substance related stuff and he got suspended. And he wasn't the only guy in the Oilers at the time that was involved. I'll never forget, I was 13 years old and my dad came in my room. He's like, that's what I told you. You gotta keep your nose clean. You gotta do the right things. You gotta stay on the right path. You can't do the wrong shit. That's what'll happen. You gotta. And I, it was like a real teachable moment for me. And I'm like, Dad, I'm not Grant Fuhr, bro. Like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, you didn't I name. Like That's you not know. my name. I would think you know who I am. That's not me at the time. Yeah. And then uh, he was suspended by the NHL. Had to go back and play in the American League. And literally, ironically, two minutes up the street from our house here in Jersey is the old Meadowlands Arena. And he came back. His first game back was at the Meadowlands, and he shut out the Devils. Uh, with the Oilers so it's pretty weird how things happen in life sometimes
1: that is wild you know I've lived in Edmonton as clearly a huge Oilers fan during that era and I don't really remember that Mm -hmm. how bad Mm -hmm. you know like yeah I guess I'd maybe just glossed it over and was like sure
2: well you got there was so much winning there was so much winning in the city of champions
1: yeah (laughs) couldn't help it (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're probably like, ah, a little blip on the radar screen. No big deal.
1: I was watching for Ray on the bench because he was their stick boy. So awesome. you would seriously <laughs> sit there like during Stanley Cup playoffs and when they won, I, I mean, I don't know which year it was, but we're sure. all like, there's oh, that's Ray. There's Ray. Like, yeah. <laughs> of course. Running around the locker room pouring the champagne. And
2: oh, that's cool. Like, imagine yeah. those memories. Like, just imagine those memories no. at that age to yeah. shape you. You know what I mean? To help shape you as people.
1: Yeah. For an experience
2: and- that's that. That enriching. That's that's wild. Yeah.
1: yeah. So who, Kodak? You. We were talking about this a little earlier about some of Kevin's goalie moments. And who who is your most feared opponent? Like you said, you were. It was trippy to line up against him. But were you afraid of? Not afraid, but like a shot. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like who's shot?
0: Like I know Jason would like hate when Shea Weber's coming down. He's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Like this guy's gonna like yeah. the shit out of me. But yeah. Uh, yeah, who did you who did you fear?
2: All right, so <laughs> Al McKinnis shot rockets with that wood sure would stick, rockets. <laughs> like, honest to God, his shot was so heavy and fast, and it would jump off his stick. And he had this weird, like, floor hockey gym class curve. It was almost like a nine iron, his stick. It was so weird, his, his curve. And it's almost like he would cup the puck, literally would cup it and hammer it. His shot was really explosive. Uh, Brett Hull shot, as you know, Brett Hull shot missiles too. He could fire it, but I think even bigger than the harder shots or the hardest shots for me was who you were playing against. Like, honest to God, when we went into Detroit, and, and Bridge, you're probably laughing because obviously you already played there, but yeah. we went into Detroit when they had the super team. I swear to God, we pulled up. It's weird because Detroit had an OHL team. I don't know if you know, but they had a junior team called the Junior Wings and actually jimmy rutherford and paul maurice jimmy rutherford ran the junior wings and paul maurice coached there
1: okay so this hmm. is when
2: i first had like an introduction to them in junior in the ohl but it was hard enough building to plan in, in junior with the junior wings then when you get to the nhl you're playing the freaking red wings man look <laughs> the bus would pull up at the at, to the freaking stairs outside where the visiting team came up you're already down to nothing already just when the bus pulls up you're down to nothing <laughs> fans
1: too totally and then you get in the building and you're like
2: oh that's Fedorov oh okay that's Eisenman oh that's so-and-so that's so-and-so and And literally in the warm-up you're already down maybe three so and then the game start and Lindstrom and everyone and then the game start and they're actually as good or better than you thought they were and now you're getting peppered as a goalie now three four and you're just (laughs) trying to keep it decent you know so I would I would say Codette like that was that was the, oh, my gosh. Them, Colorado, when they were Colorado with the great Joe Sackick and the great Peter Forsberg and them, that team was sick. Uh, Patrick Waugh, of course, that team wasn't even – it wasn't fair.
1: Yeah. Dallas,
2: when <laughs> Dallas was Dallas, like those teams were just – it was more the, those teams than the individual players.
1: Yeah. That makes more sense, though. It makes sense. Yeah. You don't have one guy coming at you. You got
2: – Yeah.
1: 20. But you have a whole lineup
2: of, of <laughs> like, all-stars and Hall of Famers. It wasn't even yeah. fun. in that respect but then uh i remember too we played i'll share the story with you we played when i was first coming into the league with florida and we played as you know bridge and we played a game at old miami arena downtown against Mm -hmm. the rangers so it's a big thing i'm hype it's one of my first starts i'm feeling kind of hype but yeah i'm at nervous but hype on the outside yeah let's go let's go boys i'm ready to go gretz is on the rangers at the time this is my first time playing against wayne gretzky okay my only thing to do with Wayne Gretzky is winning the Gretzky tournament in his hometown in Brantford at 13 years old. I was goalie of the tournament. His dad, Mr. Gretzky, you know, congratulated me on the ice, gave us our trophies, gave me my most valuable goalie thing. Now playing against his son, like this is real. First period goal, Wayne Gretzky. Second period goal, Rangers goal. So he has four points <laughs> on four goals. They beat us 4-3. I make 38 saves. I'm like, yeah, I felt pretty good after the game whatever we're, we're bike we're riding the bike outside the the uh, the dressing room there who comes walking by Gretz like he wasn't even walking it's like he was floating by <laughs> yeah that's what he well, does like, nice job out there today kid nice job nice job kid and he tapped me and he kept it moving like, I'm like did he just say that and was he punking me because he had four points or
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey the greatest player to play is going to be the yes. one to score on you that's it you can shut everybody else down it's, that is true, right? that
2: is true. 38 so, saves
1: is still impressive, so. Thank
2: you. So that was kind of mind-boggling, but also really humbling. So it was humbling playing against those greats and marrying them. And and as I kind of got my, a little more footing in the league, then I looked at it more of a challenge. But I got to tell you, it was really trippy for the first little while. My first little go-around around the league was very trippy.
1: Yeah, I uh, can imagine. Yeah. I, mean, I get tripped out when I meet those guys and I'm not even, you know, I'm just looking at them as, as a fan. And then when all of a sudden they're teammates of Ray's, Yes. You know, I was boggled too. I was tongue tied. Like yeah. I didn't know what to do or say. I'm like, like Detroit, for example, same totally. thing. I was like, Holy shit. This whole team is hall of famers, future hall of famers.
2: Yeah. It's totally weird. And what's crazy is, you know, obviously I know Ray and we'd play together briefly and stuff and I'd always had a lot of respect for him, but, you know, you just look at kind of how life can turn too. Like, I remember when we got Ray and and he came, and it was a waiver claim, and this is a guy that then goes on to score over a thousand points in the league and play as long as he did, and become the amazing player that he was and play as long as he did. So it's just really interesting the ebbs and flows and how things can kind of go in the game in a different journey that players and their families go on, uh, unbeknownst to most people. Yeah. You know, that's that was a that he's a crazy example, and it's funny because playing with him and then I played with another player that was seen to be too small and Marty St. Louis Mm -hmm. and I played against Marty in the minors in the old IHL I'm like this guy's sick so I remember we were in Tampa we were playing together and one day I swear to God not to be whatever one day we're in the shower post game he's like you know know, we see you know I could do more to help the team you know I could do more to help the team you know you know I know I'm like Marty go tell the coach they weren't like 23 years old and obviously we had Vinny LeCavier who was a budding superstar and Brad Richards who was a budding superstar and Freddie Modine but for whatever reason Marty was the forgotten guy and fortunately enough he went to go tell the coach and literally within two years or whatever he's leading the NHL in scoring not dissimilar to kind of yeah. the, Wizards, the Wizards kind of progression too so and now Marty's a Hall of Famer yeah. so speak up. yeah you got to speak up sometimes. <laughs>
1: I love, you know, it's so funny in all the years Ray's played in different teams, 97 and the year the two of you played together is one that I never have to think about what the year was because Mm -hmm. that was his turnaround year. And for Mm -hmm. me on a personal level too, that was the turnaround year. From that year on, I didn't worry about him going up and down in the minors, but for those Mm -hmm. first six years, I had no idea where we were going to live. And we were really, you know, out of suitcases and a lot of heartbreak with how he was doing or not doing or getting played you know so 97 is a big year for me too just in hockey I never have to like refer to you know raise stats on google to find out where I lived that year or where we were
2: you know what that's really powerful I appreciate you sharing that because a lot of times people don't understand the journey that that people are on and that families are on and literally I told you like starting and starting a minor hockey like the journey just doesn't start at the NHL and it doesn't stop at the NHL or pro level, right? Like it's, yeah. there's everyday realities and I, I really appreciate you sharing that because I remember even I had, so I was up in Florida for a little bit and my parents moved from their house to another house and it was really their dream house. It just built and I'm in the NHL and I helped them buy their dream house. You know, they took equity from their other house and next thing you know, all of a sudden I'm without a contract. Uh, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm 22 years old and I'm without a contract at that point. And now I got to go to the minors and I had a contract in pass with Florida. And I go to the minors, I go to Detroit in the old IHL. Mm-hmm. And thanks to, uh, to Steve Ludzik and John Torchetti and, and them who, who brought me to the Vipers. But literally, like my parents have this new house and now I've got no contract.
1: Now you're
2: out. Now you're out. And, and fortunately, I ended up going to Detroit and things ended up working out and, and had a really good year. But I, I'm glad that you shared that because you ladies know all too well just the kind of ups and downs and the real life stuff that a lot of people don't know. And they'll look and they'll say, who cares? He's making X amount. Who cares? They're doing whatever. Who cares? That.
0: that line. Like I cannot stand that. Like we did long oh. distance. Like we, I had to bring the kids home. Like our son was diagnosed with autism. I had to, I stayed home with them for two years while Jason went to like Anaheim and Oh God, wherever else, Chicago. I don't know. But and he call like his friends and be like sad and having a bad day, and they're like, "Oh, who cares? Like you're making a million dollars." Jason's like, "What? Because I have no feel. Like I exactly, don't, I'm yeah. not a person. What are yeah. you talking about? Like yeah. I know, and I've had to have the discussion with a few friends recently, um, you know, just about the feel of the game because I'm like, I understand it's built for entertainment in your home and your home and your home, but in my home, it's it's not. You like even a win is still like." okay like we got through that totally. like a win a loss like it's all just like oh god it's we carry a stress so like mm-hmm. please have some feel around me and especially jason like
2: totally
1: not fun yeah you're not well, that, fans yeah. you're not fans of the game
2: no exactly I mean, no. exactly like this is life like it's you're inside, deeper life. totally you're inside the tv and that's why i was sharing with you too like being on this side of the tv watching i'm like oh okay then all of a sudden it's like oh that's mario and yager coming in on a breakaway or two on zero. Okay, it's different now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly <laughs> different, quite a
2: bit different. A hundred percent and Ray's <laughs> ability to make a pass and run a power play, you know, and thread the needle. And how's a power play doing? He's a power play guy, he's an offensive guy. Is the power play hot, is it not hot? Is he scoring, is he getting points, is he not? Is he helping the team win, is he not? You know, Kodak, you know that too, as a goalie, are you helping the team win? Are you on a cold streak? Do you feel like you're legally blind and you can't stop the puck all of a sudden?
0: You
2: know what I mean? The ebbs yeah. and flows of what that looked like and, also, all the media scrutiny too.
0: Oh, forever, yeah. nonstop.
2: You know, so I'm very, it's hard because I know that, fortunately for for family um, and, and the real close-knit family, they, they grow to understand what that means. And a lot of them are on the journey, but for some other family members, they just, they're very insensitive and some extended family that is. And then for some friends, and even people you grew up with, like that oh, you yeah. were girls with or you were boys with or you went to college with or, you know, you went to Max Milk with to get ketchup chips or whatever <laughs> on your bike.
1: You yeah. know I mean? yeah. That
2: knew you when you had like 10 cents in your pocket and you're here with them, right? You're here, like yeah. you're here to here. And for whatever reason, some of them reframe it and now they see you as there and there's a, a weirdness around what you're doing and what you're earning and, and what's happening. So yeah. I totally can relate to that.
0: Well, and that's why, like, Bridget and I, we value, um, like, our hockey family. We like to, like, connect and Mm -hmm. have other people connect because no one gets it like we do, right? And, you know, I have my relationship with my other friends, and it's so different. But then, it's like, you gravitate towards your hockey friends. Like, I went for breakfast with – there's a group of us yesterday, and it's just like we just get each other. We don't have to explain ourselves or anything that we're doing or how the guys feel. We just get it, and there's, yeah, no judgment.
1: Yeah. There's 100%. just an ease to it. Easy. Yes. That's well
2: said. No yeah. judgment and an ease. Yeah. yeah. And, and understanding and knowing that, Hey, listen, you know, there, there are realities to, to coming home and, and having to, to be in, in a bath and Epsom salts or whatever and trying to play around a groin injury or getting surgery. I remember the last surgery I had my last year playing here for the Devils, my second last year, I had a bicep tendon surgery in my glove hand. I played on this all year long and I knew something was wrong. So I said to our trainer, Stins, our medical trainer, who's in Buffalo now with the Sabres. I was like, Stins, man, something's wrong at our exit physical. So sure shit. It shows that my bicep tendon's torn like 95% off the bone. This is my glove hand, by the way. So anyways, almost immediately, I think it was the next day, if I'm not mistaken, I go in for surgery and I remember in my pre-surgery consult, they said that for whatever reason, the surgeon goes, hey, listen, I got like a 99% success rate on this surgery, but in the event that it doesn't go well, which is rare, but in the event that it doesn't go well, you might not be able to open and close your your hand and your glove. And that'll mean that I clip your radial nerve and then we'll have to go back in and do the surgery all over again i'm like yeah sweet can't wait to do the surgery <laughs>
1: yeah awesome you're already booking number two. Oh my god i swear
2: to god they will be in the surgery i go in for the surgery i come out i'm casted so he he says to me he goes so he's touching my fingers he goes hey uh can you feel can you feel me touching your fingers i go no i could see you doing it it's like can you feel that at all i go no i could see you doing it Aww. so then after he goes, you have no feel in your fingers? I said, I have no feel in my fingers. Oh my God. So unbeknownst to me, he goes back and, uh, and then he comes back and he says, uh, we might have to go in again. We'll see how it, how it heals overnight. And if there's no feel, then we have to go back in. Cause that means I clipped your radial nerve. So needless to say, this is post-surgery. I'm on all these painkillers. I wake up the next morning and by noon, luckily I was starting to feel my fingers again. But those are the types of pins and needles that you live through.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: <laughs> but also, you know, as, as partners, as family members, you have a sister, you have a brother, you have a grandma, an aunt, whoever. Um, everybody lives that experience with you because that's your support system, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Resilience all around, all around. How was your journey kind of out of playing hockey into broadcasting? What was that transition like for you? Kind of like even mentally.
2: So, yeah. So basically, I mean... What happened was I got to play my 14 years pro. And after my 14th year, literally we're back home in Barbados for the off season, but not for the entire off season. I was having my charity golf tournament there. And I thought that I was going to be signing this team, that team, this team needs a veteran goalie, veteran backup. I'm going to go here or I was going to resign in Jersey. But I was literally on entry level money in Jersey. And at the time, I'm like, I'm on entry level money in Jersey. And I've been in the league for all these years. The market was, I don't know, one, two, one, three, one, four for a Breton goalie. Now was at 750. So at that point, I'm like, come on, man. So, anyways, my agent at the time is like, you're going to go here, you're going to go there, you might go here, you might go there, you might go these different places. And as it turns out, none of those things materialize. So I get a call from this goalie, Andre Trefalov, that I played in the NHL and I played with him in the IHL in Detroit. So he calls me, Wixie, Tref, you want Cabrasha? 2.5 million. I hadn't talked to this guy in like 13 years. I don't know how he got my phone. He calls me back. Weeks, you want to come to Russia? Two million. Calls me back. Weeks, you want to go to Russia? One five. Calls me back. Weeks, you want to come to Russia? One million. I'm like, this is a de escalating negotiation. <laughs> like,
1: You're like, what just happened <laughs> to the other million? What just happened?
2: Like, is this real? <laughs> so, so, so at that point, I'm like, okay, this, this, something's off with this. And literally, Hockey Night in Canada called, um, the NHL Network called, MSG New York had called, and then, uh, and somebody from NBC Sports, which was just launching, had called, and they asked if I wanted to start broadcasting. And fortunately, I did like two shows of NHL Network at the end of the previous season because we were eliminated from the playoffs with the Devils. And Mark Jacobson, who then ran NHL Network, was awesome. He was great, and Shirley Najak, who ran Hockey Night in Canada, who's still there, uh, was amazing. They both gave me a chance, and I negotiated with them both and kind of set my course that I was going to start broadcasting. And they were amazing. They were great to me. They were very supportive. Uh, had not for both of them, I certainly wouldn't be here today. So I owe everything to them for having the faith in me and believing in me and, and allowing me to cut my teeth and fly out west literally every weekend. So I would do wow. NHL Network was at the old TSN building in Toronto close to my house. So I do NHL Network Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, get on a plane, fly out to Edmonton, Calgary, Van, or wherever the West Coast team was playing, do the game, get on the plane Sunday morning, fly back to Toronto. Monday morning, go to the CBC building, watch tape of the game, and then go back on the NHL network that night. So right out of the blocks, I was on TV, like, whatever, six nights a week on two networks, just, like, hammering it. Hammering, just getting reps, And And obviously
1: killing it, though. They obviously knew, like, in that previous season, having done a couple games, that you were great at what you were doing already thank you did did you they feel like you were breaking barriers already as like you ended yeah. up in 2009 the first black analyst in hockey like yeah. you're part of major part of history in broadcasting that way for hockey
2: thank you yeah it was it was a huge honor and and a huge uh a huge accomplishment that way but i also i also looked at it in two reasons number one i'm also serving the game and then number two i also wanted more people that look like me or more non-traditional people, whether they're uh, East Indian, Asian, uh, native, BIPOC, women, whatever. I knew that there was a, a door that I wanted to, more importantly, leave open for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like I never played just for myself. I played for my teammates. I played for the fans, my family, provide for my family, and hope that other black players and players of color are going to come and play and want to play the game. It's the same thing in broadcasting too. Yeah. So that's that's the way I've always looked at it. And I – it's one thing to be the first, but I didn't really take any pleasure of wanting to be the only. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think it's important for our sport to continue to grow, different hair textures and eye colors and skin colors and and genders and sexual orientation for people uh, to to want to play, love our sport, and work in and around our game too. Mm-hmm. That's really important.
1: Well, I love that you say that. I love I love that you say that. It wasn't about being the first. It was basically about being the one to open the door, and that's awesome. It's something to be very proud of. Yeah, what an opportunity!
2: Thank you so much. Thank you. I think that it's really important. Like representation really matters. It's really important, you know. If you are, if you're a young girl playing and and you're aspiring to play hockey, it helps. Yes, you can love Sid or Patrick Kane or any of these great players or players around the league that you identify with, but. It's also important for you to be able to watch Hillary Knight for Team USA or, you know, Mary Philippe Poulin for Team Canada Women's. It's important to see that. And, you know, it's no different, right? For for anybody, for a lot of the Indigenous players to to see Jordan Tutu or at the time, back in the day, Chris Simon or whoever else it was, it's important it gives them, or Ted Nolan behind the bench, it gives them, or Brandon Montour now in Buffalo, it gives them hope and 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 a deeper connection in that they can they too can make it or this is a place where they're welcome and it's the same for me right as a goalie i mentioned that with grant fear he wasn't the only goalie i love but he resonated with me too because he's he's a brother and he's doing it and he's showing that it's possible so yeah in in the tv space that's been really important too and quite frankly for a lot of different fans of different generations and different for people that look like me and for people that don't it's also important because then it normalizes it and you're less of you're less of a unicorn in a sense. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah. Sort of like you're the carnival. You're you're the you're the special attraction at the carnival. It's like hey. no, no, no. This is cool. Yeah,
1: like we yeah. have this
2: black hockey analyst who's in our living room, and or he's in our basement where we watch games, and it's just normalized. Or we have this female analyst, or whatever it may be, or East Indian analyst on Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi or what have you. So that just normalizes things and allows exactly. people to 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 just be at ease
1: mm-hmm. and,
2: and to be at ease with the, with the variance and the, and the difference.
1: I agree, I agree. And it just makes, like you said, you're just opening, opening a lot more eyes of kids and people going, oh my gosh, I can do that too. And then for you, yeah. like saying, you know, you're not just this, Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, to, totally.
1: You don't feel like you're, and you don't feel like you're out there because of no, that.
2: No, I said listen, totally, totally. Look. To me, it's all about the craft, no matter what you're doing.
1: Yes, think, yes, 100. Whatever
2: you're doing, it's all about the craft and your ability. Uh, I would also say I think that for hiring practices, it's important to cast the widest net, mm-hmm. right? Because yes. you want the best candidates, and the wider the net you cast, then the best candidates you can get. So I look at it this way: it's pretty basic. Like if I'm running a seafood restaurant, okay, do I want like Pacific salmon? Of course. But if I could get salmon, scallop, shrimp this, that, sea bass, whatever else, lobster tail. tower,
0: yeah. want to get the sea <laughs> tower, exactly.
2: Yeah. I love where you're going right now. crab claws, a <laughs> yeah. Alerts, box. yeah. You
0: know what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. You know
2: talking, that's yes. a different level. Like, as and not to be whatever, but I just feel like you have more bandwidth. And, and think about this, right? Like, there's so many different people around the world and people don't, and this one, it's funny. Wolf Blitzer on CNN, he always says, Thank you to everybody here watching in the United States and around the world. Because it's true, mm-hmm. like the NHL networks, the league's channels run in 160 countries around the world. Yeah. So think of the girls that are watching. Think of the moms that are watching, the grandmothers in Wisconsin. You know, It could be somebody's aunt in Arizona, um, yeah. You know, a, a Brazilian family in, in Florida. Like there's, you literally have the whole, the whole um, color wheel. And gender wheel and, and religious wheel of people that are watching and the more we have that the better our game is going to be going forward
0: I agree and one of my neighbors she um, is an East Indian girl and she was the first one kind of in our our area sure. of, like the neck of woods of Calgary to be playing and like you said Bridget like she wasn't there just because, like, you know, they had to do their due diligence and add her. Like, she was, like, the best player on their team. Like, she earned that spot. Like, it had, you know, and that's how it should be, right? And she's done so many articles and interviews about it and, you know, being of color and and playing hockey and a girl. Totally. Was, like, good for you. Like, take that force. Like, go with it. So, 100%. like, speak about it all the time. Like, tell yes. everyone. Yeah.
2: Yes. I couldn't agree more. And listen, you know, I think that I've been talking about this a lot in this last year, too. Like arenas have to become, arenas are part of the community fabric. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if you're a moose jaw, I don't care if you're in Red Deer, Tabor, and I know these places because Meg's family has his family in these places. So like, or if you're in Timmins, Ontario, or you're in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, or you're in, um, you know, whatever, Brandon, Manitoba, or Wisconsin, like you, these are meeting places and these are community places and every single one of them should have a sanctity about it to where anybody that walks in the door, they should feel good.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, yes. I don't care. You should feel good if your parents are Japanese or if they're German or Dutch or Irish or white Canadian or Greek mm-hmm. or Portuguese, American, or whatever, you should feel good coming yeah. into the rink. You and should you're... always
1: feel like you belong there.
2: Totally. Yes. Totally, you should always, exactly. You should always feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. And you're treated very well as a person, more importantly than anything else. Exactly. And that your family members or whoever's in attendance, they feel that too. And yeah. I know that there's instances where that's not always the case. And luckily for me, I don't know, I'm not inhumane, but kind of robotish in certain respects. But luckily that my parents and my sister are the way they are. And, you know, I've had that support growing up and but it would have been very easy for my parents to be like screw this man we're all right just go and play hoops you're good go run back you're good and you never want that to be the case just by way of people not being treated properly as as human beings so that's something that's also really important too for 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 a lot of the arenas from literally from novice or a tyke or adam all the way up to the nhl to have arenas that are inclusive and where everybody feels valued and there aren't stupid people saying stupid things of that nature you know what i mean
0: yes yeah no and i agree like when like and i always want to expose my kids to like every different culture and i don't like i never want to live in that like a bubble and even i was looking for school for my kids Mm -hmm. one year we were i think in pennsylvania or something Mm -hmm. and you know i was talking with the director and all's good and then i'm like okay well my son has autism and she's like well yeah no we can't accommodate and i'm like you know what good to know like i don't want my kids to go to a school where there's no kind of diversity like not okay. like, literally nothing i'm like thank you perfect good like we're yeah. out thanks for letting
2: us know in advance yeah totally yeah.
0: i'm like i want them to be exposed to everybody everybody
2: it's you know it makes a world of a difference right like
0: yeah
2: i was lucky because again coming from toronto it's very diverse culturally and mm-hmm. Like my minor Adam team in 82, 83, like we had players of all different backgrounds. Like you look at the last name in the program, German, Dutch, Russian, Jewish, Italian, Portuguese, yeah. Greek, British, like everything, white, Canadian, everything, myself. So I was, and my schools were like that too growing up, but my team, my hockey team experiences were like that too. So it was very enriching.
0: Yeah. I like that
2: right and i got a cross-cultural fluency so you know if i went to my buddy Paula de Stazzi's house and his Nona was making or his late mom or his late nona were making lasagna or sauce then i'm cool i'm down with that you know what yeah. i mean yeah but, you've you've got got it. perfect so they come so it's that goes a long way and it helps shape kind of how you see the world and and having an open-mindedness and i think about it too like we talked about the players but for parents and siblings they're at the tournaments yeah. and parents are hanging out and they're drinking beers hanging out and you know, you're, you're connecting with people in a different way. You're eating at Swiss Chalet or whatever else it is you're eating at back home, um, which is really cool. You know what I mean? Like White Spot or whatever else yeah. you guys have, <laughs> whatever else you have out there, uh, Boston that's, Pizza, the whole rest of it. Boston so. Pizza, yeah.
1: that's the
0: Boston one. Pizza, yeah. Always. Yeah. Got team yeah. parties at
2: Boston Pizza. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that, that was, uh, I find that to be, that was a very enriching part of it. And I'm very fortunate that I had that. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's cool. I think I think Canada as a whole is a very much a melting pot, but especially in those bigger cities like where you grew up. You know, Big I'm thing. from small town Western Canada. Right. Sure. Not yeah. a lot of diversity there. There was there definitely was some, but not yeah. a lot.
2: Sure, yeah. and yeah, you know, kind
1: of have to put yourself out there. You got to get out there.
2: Big to listen, you know how many times I've walked, being all across back home. You know how many times I was in PEI. I was in different Timmins, Ontario, North Bay, Ontario, Sudbury, Sault Ste. Marie. It's not like they have big Caribbean populations in those places. Like,
0: no. you know
2: what I mean? And, and we pull up to the rink or whatever, and my dad or my dad, my mom, my sister, whatever it is. And whichever of our family were there or buddies of mine that would come to watch sometimes. And, I mean, there are a lot of instances where you're the only person there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You're the only black person there. And I was, I'm very comfortable in my skin and I'm very comfortable at ease with our culture and knowing who I am and where I come from. And also just that I could play and that I could relate to my teammates and respect their parents and their siblings and everything, but I got to tell you, it's when I first started TV. It's funny you asked. When I first started TV and I was doing games out west, it was interesting. I had I would say if I could put a number on it, I had ninety percent of the people that were awesome, and ten percent of the people that were like what's this guy doing here, like what does he know about hockey? Like what's he, what's he? Why is he coming out west? Why is he here doing the game at the dome? Why is he here at Rexall? Why is he in Van? He doesn't know Western hockey, and I'm like. Are you guys? Like, I know serious? all I just, hockey. Like, I literally just got off the ice playing in this very league. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like, what are so do you was, doing here, buddy? Like, <laughs> so, so it was so
2: funny. It was so funny. And specifically, people would be like, you don't even know the Flames, Robert. Blah, blah. I'm like, okay, forget that I played against them.
1: Yeah. Forget yeah. that I played
2: with guys that are coaching and that are playing. I just finished breaking them down on the NHL network two times this week already before I got here. Yeah. to do this on saturday for hockey in canada and as fate would have it as i told you which is weird um my girl's from there so yeah so,
0: so how did you meet her how'd you meet her
2: uh we met we met at all-star weekend we met at an all-star weekend originally uh years back in uh in columbus and you know we were both in different situations at the time specifically me yeah and life just didn't align at that point and as life circumstances changed then things changed and away we go so it's been pretty cool and yeah it's been it's been pretty cool that way yeah it's been pretty cool and and again to that point you know next thing you know I'm coming out to Stampede and and I'm doing all the events at Stampede and you know I've got my spots in Calgary now Mercado the different spots I got my spots when I'm out there
0: Mercado's Uh, the best Mercado's the jam and
2: you know I got my different my different spots out there in Calgary now so as I said I've got my western passport but it's interesting now all of a sudden people are like weeks what's up we see that you're here <laughs> oh, what's yeah. going on what's going on but listen I've got uh I, I'm I've got my concierge so to speak and her and her family so uh, as I say I have my honorary western passport and now I'm all good Western. yeah
1: perfect yeah you can't let those 10 yeah. percent of assholes rule it there are some good <laughs> there are good people <laughs> obviously you know this I don't have to tell you this no
2: no 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 it's a great <laughs> point and, and and here's the thing too is I know that oftentimes people are really passionate and they can be insular when they're passionate. But I think the, the biggest part about it too is when your sport matters, like soccer, when your sport matters, and you were saying that your daughter played when your sport matters to more people, that's when, that's when, you know, our, our sport will continue taking it to the next level. We have to have our sport matter to more people. No question. Yeah,
1: yeah no that's question. true. Yeah. With is Meg? You said her name is Meg? yeah,
2: Megan. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: so then are do you both do you live together? Am I allowed to ask? Oh, we do.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, we live here, <laughs> we live in Jersey, <laughs> and uh, she's a global CMO for uh, for Havas Havas wow. helping you. So she's a global global chief marketing officer for them and their network. They're a French company, but they're global like multinational, but they're headquartered in France, and she's at the New York one on Madison wow. Avenue. So she works in advertising, and wow. yeah, she oh, does. Yeah, she's it's listen it's we have uh one and a half smart people. I might qualify for the half. The former goalie, but Get out. Uh, yeah, but I but I'm glad I'm glad for the plus one though, so that helps.
1: That's sweet. Yeah. Uh who here's my question, who has the more strict skin regime? I know you like you <laughs> seriously. So listen, I got to I got to tell this when yeah, yeah, Ray yeah. when Ray first played with you in 97. Yeah. Ray oh. always comes home with like, you gotta meet this guy, you gotta meet this guy for different reasons. And yeah. he was like, <laughs> she she was like, Yeah. yeah. He, no, he was fair. telling me he's like, he has this, he his skin is so amazing. Like he uses all these products. I've never seen a guy use so many products. Oh, that's and now so I'm crazy. like, okay, Ray, you should have fucking picked up on those products because <laughs> Kevin, you still look like you're 25.
2: So does he, and and so <laughs> yeah. and so do you. So, so that's cool and and codette so do you and i i, I can tell that codette you're, you're mixed with i don't know what your background is but um you're mixed in some respect which is really cool too but yeah i still use all my products man guys you surround me all the time and the only difference is now i'm always sweaty like even now it's it's cold outside and i've it's and i've got the ac like pumping because you just had to go into city for something for work and i got oh the AC, like i've got it pumping i'm like the sweatiest person in north america but uh, all that you keep say, it
1: do you keep it as cold as you keep the nhl the studios at nhl yeah, network we're
2: possible that yeah that
1: place is freaking freezing yeah it's freezing it's it's like cryotherapy in there like look
2: i got my sweat rag here because i'm gonna start getting sweaty like i always get sweaty it's just my thing
0: <laughs> i also but, uh, married the sweatiest person so who <laughs> oh, you did oh yeah and if he eats anything spicy like once yeah. in a while like the guys would always make fun of him because if he had any spice like if yeah. it was just an onion or Pepper, regular yeah. pepper. They like he would just start sweating, and every once in a while, Shane Doan texts this one picture of Jason just leaking. Like oh, that's Mexican the man of my pepper. heart
2: right there. That's <laughs> the like, man of my heart right there. Hey, listen, that's yeah. too funny. That's too funny. Look, I I so know. I you know my jam. I literally have a Shoppers Drug Mart from home. I've got a Shoppers Drug Mart ice compress right here. Like oh, that's what. I That's how hot you
1: are. Let's just, is, let's just be clear. That's oh, how hot you. you are. I'm thank so hot. I have to oh, carry a bag with me. But,
2: no, but here's the thing. So I do, I, I look, my, um. I'm always big into hygiene. I always was. Ray, Ray was, he was onto that for sure. I love that. <laughs> but I was always big into hygiene because here's the thing. Hygiene was always seen as being something for, for women. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, the girl does that. Well, my girl uses those or, my sister does that or my mom does that or my aunt or whatever. I'm like, come on, like, guys, you got to, you know, and guys used to chirp me all Keep the time. Low. It was the funniest thing. Totally. It was the funniest thing because, you know, I've always got my bag. I always bring my bag with me. My bag always has a variant <laughs> of my products. And guys chirp me to no end. It's the funniest shit. But when one of you, significant other, girlfriend at the time, fiance to be, wife, whatever's at the game, guys are coming to me like, hey, Wiese, you have any gum? Hey, we see. uh, You have any Coloma girl's coming here tonight, man. Hey, uh,
0: (laughs) you're the go-to.
2: Do you have any? Do you you have any
0: blotting papers? Like.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, I I passed the point of trying to be fancy about it. Now I just literally bring out like my party sweat rag. Like that's that's kind of my thing. So so no blotting papers. I usually go the sweat rag. But no. Uh Okay, but if you're
0: so hot, if you're so hot, then why do why are you wearing a hoodie?
2: Because they're just cozy. They're just kind of comfortable. I know it's weird it's counterintuitive i know it's confused. it works
1: I mean, it seems to work for you you are
2: because i am yeah. <laughs> you are because i am too
1: yeah so i need to know also when do you sleep like i am i stay up super late but you're on the east coast you work what yeah. does your day look like because i feel like you must be up until three in the morning in fact i was up late last night it was kind of on instagram and i saw that you were still up
2: i'm always up i hate sleep
1: oh, honest really? to
2: god I hate sleep. It's so boring. I know it's necessary and I understand all the health benefits and everything. I'm not like trashing sleep. It's just boring. Like since I was a kid, I like to be in the action. I like to know what's going on. I want to see what's happening on TV. And obviously now, you know, for these kids having all the the internet and the digital uh, generation that we have social media, I just like to consume what's going on and be aware and be informed. So to answer you, Let's say last night wasn't as late of a night in the studio, but we were alive for about three hours, three, three hours and change, which is long, unscripted, no teleprompter, whatever. But by the time I got home, say I got home, I called my parents on the drive, got home at about 11, talked to them till about 11.30, had a little late night snack, some Jamaican beef patties, put two patties in the oven, had those, went back into the garage, did some Pilates in the garage, came back in the house, um, was online, YouTube, looking at music, whatever, horsing around next thing, you know, it's two next thing, you know, it's three, probably gotten to bed at about four slept till about nine forty-five ish, get up, start the day, you know, you get on the phone, see what's going on, start working the phone contacts, different people are, because keep in mind too, you know, I've got buddies as, as your, your two hubbies would, but we have buddies all around the world that are yeah. in
1: hockey. yeah,
2: KHL, Russia, Switzerland, National League, Swedish yeah. Elite League, Finland, you know, the whole thing, especially being on TV, I want to be dialed in. Yeah. So some of these guys start texting me European time already ahead of time for stuff that's going on or little nuggets that they can share, or just buddies that you're trying to catch yeah. up with. So it literally starts from then. So it probably starts like 9.30. And then probably till about four, four thirty in the morning, and then get in my five hours, four and a half hours, and do it all over again.
0: That's great. Well, good thing for your good skincare routine because like you don't look like you are not like on no sleep. I look like the freaking crypt keeper. Like if I don't get at least seven hours, people are like, "Oh God, are you okay?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know. So everybody's body's different. Like my parents aren't big sleepers per se.
1: Am I'm I not sleeping? either. I wish I could sleep better. I stay up late though. I'm not a great sleeper, but I do like to sleep in. I, there's no way I'm getting up when you're- Oh, asleep. no, no.
2: I'm Hey, I'm with you on that all day long. Yeah. Like there's no way, like my dad all the time, especially cause he worked at a factory. Yeah. If you had to work at a, if you had a different job, I don't know, you would starve. Like he's always on me all the time. Yeah. But I'm like, dad, that's the whole idea. Like yeah. I did this, so I don't have to do that.
1: That's right. Yeah. It gels you well with what I mean? you are naturally. So they're right. You You know, old school,
2: like old school, they always associate, like they think that they're giving out badges for being up at six in the morning (laughs) and, and doing all this like manual stuff and all, whatever. And like that, that's not the jam. That's not my play. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Sleeping is, is a tough one for me.
0: It's really See, tough, Bridge tough. and I are like opposites. Like, yeah. Bridge, if Bridge texts me at 10 p.m., she's like, I'm never going to reach Codette. She's already sleeping at 8 No, sleeping. yeah. Oh, yeah, no, she's, and out. Then she's then out. If I text her in the morning, I'm like, I know she's not going to get this because she's going to sleep in. Like, we're both like, we're on the That is funny. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: You know what? I could say that, though. At home, we're the same way, too, because Megan's that way, too. She loves her sleep. She's like yeah. a sleep baby, man. She loves her sleep. So it's 10 o'clock. She's like, okay, good night. I'm like, where are you going? Yeah. Like, man. do you see the time? Like, where that's, are you going? And then that's great. Sometimes...
1: Raised the same way.
2: What? You know? Seriously? Yeah.
1: yeah. No, he goes to bed. No way. By and then... 10, he's in bed. And I'm like, all right, now that's I can hilarious. watch my shows and do email or do of whatever. Course. I'm like
0: no, that's oh, I mean, that's, yeah it drives Jason nuts like especially if he's trying to get some. he's like well she's passed out like <laughs> I mean, like he comes to bed and it's like not happening
1: like oh that's
0: too funny <laughs>
1: well not really yeah Ray tells Ray, me that I'm it Ray's like you outweighed me again you wait till I go to <laughs> bed and go to sleep and I'm well fuck are you seven years old like oh stay that's up hilarious I
0: love when you two guys that's try to outweigh each other he's like he's 20. in bed he's like I'm gonna stay up and is like I'm not going up there until he's passed out but you guys are both like mm. right
2: <laughs> that's funny oh my god yeah no. it's but listen hey listen everybody has their we're all wired in our own unique way right
0: yeah, yeah. like that's
2: the reality we're all kind of wired how we're wired so um yeah, yeah there's no change in that there's no Love change it. i wouldn't want it any other way though i don't like i don't like early morning like getting unless i'm going on a flight if yeah. you know we're flying somewhere we're heading down to our place in miami or whatever then i'll take the early flight that's cool but otherwise uh-uh. yeah.
0: do you uh, miss all the travel or
2: no i don't miss all the travel as such i miss travel in our personal lives yes Mm -hmm. yes so not
1: the work not the work stuff
2: work stuff i don't really miss as much
1: uh okay wait what msg opened last night is this true
2: yeah msg opened for the knicks last night and i'm gonna try to go on friday for the uh, ranger game actually not trying i'll go to the ranger game on friday
1: amazing Uh, so what are they at what's their capacity
2: their capacity i think the knicks had two thousand or maybe three thousand people last okay. night and I my belief is that the Rangers will have that too and I know the okay. Devils think just up the street too in Prudential Center I think the Devils will have as many as 3,000 maybe okay that's, 3, so
1: that's lucky. awesome
2: that'll yeah. be great that be oh my gosh I I went to the Garden Battle of the Hudson Rangers Devils probably three weeks ago and they they were amazing and all of the precautions that they had mm-hmm. testing on site everything was great they were so clear and concise and professional mm-hmm. but I gotta tell you man my heart I don't know how those players are playing
0: Oh, seriously. Yeah. i was going to ask you that. Like, that
2: would be. Could you imagine Madison Square Garden empty? No. The world's most famous arena empty. Like,
1: It'd no be one weird em- to walk in it and just be in it empty. Never totally. mind. Play the game in it.
2: Totally. So like, to you'd goals. have, you'd have to have at least three Red Bulls and two espresso, double espressos <laughs> to go out and play. Like, I give these players, and I get, don't get me wrong, I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying. This is their job. And the yes. fans are a huge part of the equation. And we love and respect all you great hockey fans around the world. The fact that only certain arenas, obviously, they're in Arizona and, and, uh, and down in Miami. And there are a few others that are, that are now having fans. But the fact that they've been playing without fans, doing what they do at the level they do, is mind-boggling.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
2: saw it firsthand at the Garden.
0: Yeah.
2: It's mind-boggling. Yeah. It's a hat mm-hmm. tip to them, to all the staff, the medical staff, everybody that they're doing it. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope it, it gives a little surge of energy for everyone and some positivity exactly. too.
2: You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And guys know that, right? Like, mm-hmm. for the most part, the players, they know that. They know that they're able to provide a lift for people. You know, we're just talking about how tough it is to navigate everyday life now, mm-hmm. and especially for you, Kodan, and being back home in Canada. Like, imagine you're in the dead of winter and there's nothing going on. You're in trouble if you go to Costco, you're not in trouble. Yeah can't go to Boston Pizza but you can and And they live
1: they live for hockey up there they live for hockey games and if you can't go to the game because you can't get a ticket which is the case in most of those Canadian cities you're at least gathering with your friends to enjoy hockey I know the whole world isn't hockey but I mean it's a huge percentage of fans in Canada for sure big time
2: big time And its you know those are these are life like lifetime memories too Mm -hmm. as I said like, it's not just the sport. You know, you think of a grandmother that's exp- explaining the game
1: to yeah. her granddaughter,
2: right. who yeah. then who she could end up being the next captain of Team Canada women's team. You never know.
0: No, it's just like sad too for, you know, like with world juniors. That's
2: totally. It's sad for everybody involved in, in so many different ways and the way it's impacted so many of us. And, you know, we're always mindful of that. You know, yeah. that lost jobs that have lost businesses that have had to close businesses that have lost savings that. You know kids yeah. that have lost special moments in years and school and mm-hmm. uh health there's just so much of it the cost of it is too high for me yeah i, think.
1: Yeah. I can't wait for things to come back i, I have to have hope that it's not going to be too much longer exactly um, right. and i can't wait to get to new york it's literally one of my favorite cities in the world and i i always yeah. message you with that Well, will talk about weather or something message and i'm like yeah well that's why i'm not in alberta you're in new york yeah. You exactly. talking about the cold weather when it was like, there was a cold snap and I'm like, that's yeah. why I don't live there. If it's going to be exactly. cold. Throw me in New York City. <laughs> yep. There's totally. days here
2: Lively where I'm like, New York 100%. 100%. I totally yeah. get it. Uh, I totally, totally get it.
0: So quick question. As a, a goalie wife, who, which, which kind of, um, sorry, what, what goalie right now do you like watching?
2: Oh man, there's so many of them uh, that I love watching. I mean, all the usuals, Pricey, Carey Price is, it's so fun to watch. Jonathan Quick, I love watching Quickie in LA. He's so athletic and so dynamic in the net. Jordan Binnington in St. Louis, when Binner's on his A game, he's, he's, he's money too. I think all things be equal. You put the whole package together Andre Vasilevsky in and Tampa, the big cat. Yeah. For him to be that big, that muscular, that powerful, that skilled, that talented, he's like a stay at home defenseman in a goalie, like that's playing goalie.
0: Yeah.
2: Based on his size, right? He's 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 I a
0: so, they're so
1: big, so I know they're massive right now. I know and he's flexible. A, do they all do the splits? This is what I like, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. totally. <laughs> yeah. Of course, <laughs> can you still do the splits? Quasi, yeah, yeah. I,
2: I'd put it at about 80%. Yeah.
1: But I had, 80%. That's
0: good, yeah. I had to get Jason to take a picture, um, for a fundraiser with yeah. his with his two goalies and Jason's a big guy but like Marky yeah, Marky yeah. makes him look little i was like I oh know. my god <laughs> he's totally. like well, he's 6 6 i'm like okay i had no idea that he was 6 yeah he's six. a big
2: powerful man markstrom that was yeah. a great scene by the flames too he's yeah. he's top shelf too i thought he he should have gotten more vesna uh consideration last year i think he finished fourth in the vesna voting but okay. uh, i love vasilevsky and Hellebuck up in winnipeg too is sweet too yeah.
0: nice. so you know it was quick when you say quick like it's it's pretty cool cuz you don't see it That much anymore to see his career last this long, like to totally he's been killing it for oh my god, like years 12 years,
2: yeah, yeah. I remember playing relevant, yeah, totally coming off back to back shutouts, too. And he's just a lot of fun to watch. Bridge, he's kind of like a modern day uh Bill Radford, ironically, because Billy. The yeah. there
0: and He took yeah, Jason's well. job in LA. That's why we are out. So, <laughs> right, right. remember, is I was pregnant,
1: it's yeah. 12 years ago. <laughs> oh
0: listen. You know I what? like it's, that you
1: know how to throw it to my era. Yeah, <laughs> right. Of course, our <laughs> oh, yeah, era, yeah, by okay. the way. our era, <laughs> our era, right? Don't try to own that. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm there. Uh, <laughs> so but yeah,
2: but you know, Kodak, you know how it goes. The carousel. Listen, you know, there's only. 750 NHL players in the world and 60, 65 goalies in a planet of 8 billion people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's one way to look at it. It's That's crazy.
0: It That's what crazy. I used to say, like, to no. Martine Bernier, Jonathan's yeah, boy, and Bernie's boy, yeah. And she, yeah, and she would get, you know, a lot of flack about Jonathan and his game. I'm like, just remind people he, at the time. I'm like, he's one of yeah. 60 NHL goalies. Like, yeah. Yeah. get lost. Totally. <laughs>
2: like, we can get you some gear. You want to take yeah. a slap shot of off the shoulder?
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly look at your size up well i just get so overprotective, right and
2: you know this is i think a lot of this starts at home and i know sometimes people get out of get out of their house they get to be adults and they get wild and weird but if (laughs) i ever tried that at 45 i'd get jacked up my mom would be like who do you think what what are you doing (laughs) yeah like forget even getting to my dad my mom would be like what do you think you're doing (laughs) you know what i mean like you have to have respect for what people do and who they are and you know listen in another forum For example, you know, we get on a plane and as I said, let's put it, I don't know, we're going to Paris or we're going to Miami or wherever we're going. Like, I'm not on there arguing with the airline hostess about what they're doing and what they're not doing. I'm not arguing with a pilot about what route they're taking and whatnot. You get us there safely. You're the best in the world at what you do amen it's good. we're good to go
0: yeah you stay in your lane well that's the thing it's like just hold how your about you, yeah, yeah how about you open yourself up to having the whole world scrutinize that's you right. and tell you you suck at your job yeah exactly. like <laughs> thousands of people just screaming at you like you fucking yeah. suck and you're like okay no yeah.
2: <laughs> you can do. get Shay weber we get shea weber to line up that one timer off your clavicle <laughs> <they'll let> you.
1: <laughs> no, yeah exactly yeah tell right, us so when you're, you're ready here. to sign up
2: totally <laughs> right off the tip of your finger and your your fingertip goes blowing off in your catcher glove. We'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll yeah. see how that goes.
1: People forget, we'll you guys are for. the top gun, they're the top guns of, of in course. the entire world, we're not just talking about the NHL in North America here, we're talking about Absolutely. the best players in the world, and when you said that about goaltenders being an even smaller percentage. Yes. We need t-shirts with all those stats on it, that running stat.
2: You know what's funny? That's why I'm quick to say that on the NHL network Every every so often, you'll hear me say, hey, these are some of the best athletes on planet Earth. 750 skaters, 65 plus goalies, 8 billion people in the global population. I, I'm very quick to throw that out I there. I love it.
0: Totally. Well, we took, one of our, we took one of our friends to a game in Phoenix and he was playing um, for the San Francisco Giants and yeah. it was his first NHL game. And one of our teammates took a puck right to the mouth and, you know, blood everywhere. And then he was like, no way, holy shit. And he was losing his mind and he was like, is he going to come back out? I'm like, absolutely. He's like, no, not in yeah. baseball. Nope. We'd be done like for the yeah, rest of course. the season. And like, you know, just to see the respect from other athletes, like they get it. Right. Like they're like, wow, you guys 100%. are, you're intense. <laughs>
2: yeah. They're, they're terminators, man. Hockey players are a different level. Yeah. And listen, we've got friends, as you just said, we have friends. I said this last night. I'm like, we have friends in every league and that play all different sports and work in different sports and we respect them all. Yeah. It's just that when it comes to certain things, hockey's just on a different level.
1: Mm-hmm. that's why <laughs> like, we're all sitting here
2: that's why we're all, here. <laughs> that's why we're all
1: sitting here exactly
2: yeah, yeah. Hey, so yeah. kevin
1: just in in closing what what do you hope or want people to think of when they say the name kevin weeks now or in the future
2: biggest thing is i would say authentic real i would say uh in service to the game i felt that way when i played and i feel that way in tv now being of service to the game and and serving the game for the players and their families and of course for all the fans and the corporate partners that are out there, as well, and then being informed, being factual, being objective, being respectful because everybody has a story, being respectful of every player and their family because I know what it's like for as you were just talking about, I know what it's like for you know to have family members and significant other and 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 friends that are at games and people saying that you stink and you can't do this and i also know what it's like to have some people in the media although it's not as bad as it was probably five years ago plus but some people in the media just shredding players and just ruining careers and ruining reputations and doing those types of things and going rogue i don't have any respect for that so always being respectful and realizing that the players are the stars you know they are the product the players are the product They are the ones that are out there doing what they do and they're among the best in the world as we were saying at what they do. And then being really hardworking too. Like this isn't, you know, everybody can kind of get into things the way they want to, but I know that I'm on TV more than any hockey analyst in the world and that's not easy to do. And it's a huge responsibility. It's a lot of work. I respect it and it is a lot. And not everybody wants that, you know, sometimes like, there's some, there's some guy and everybody's in a different situation or they have different aspirations. There's no one size fits all, but I know that there's been different former players over the years and people in the business that are like, if the rainbow's out, can I work? If it's sunny, can I come in? If it's snowy, can I not come in? Uh, if it's raining, uh, I don't know if I can come in. Like all that kind of stuff where
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: like for me, I, this right now is like, we're doing like TV, like there, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just yeah. real. And I don't have any, I don't need red M&Ms with an O'Henry bar and, you know, a crispy crunch and three sour cream and onion chips. And like, just turn the camera on, make sure the studio is cold and I'm good to go.
0: (laughs) Well, I can say one thing. I think think one thing that would come to mind for, I don't, I could probably speak to this with Bridge too, like for Bridge is that you're supportive and it definitely doesn't go unnoticed how much you support like our page our journey um and even just being on here with us oh, right thank now. you so, yeah we, we, we appreciate it
2: no well here's the thing no thank you much i would say this like i feel that um advocacy is really important and we started talking about this early in the in in the interview without spending time together advocacy is really important and i feel that you know there are a lot of hands that are involved in what goes on and that's why i'm always quick to say like you said Ray was a stick boy, right? And my parents always said, the boy of today is the man of tomorrow. The girl of today is the lady of tomorrow, right? And you look at Ray, like if people had have been, if those Oiler guys weren't good to him or whatever, that could have changed his whole experience. Mm-hmm. He could have been turned off of the game and said, screw this. I, I don't, these guys are donkeys. I, I don't know. I'll play baseball or do something else,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: But because he had a good experience and they treated him well and you know, his dad and the whole thing and the respect, that also helped push him to want to do it himself. That's and next true. thing you know, that's a guy, and I'm not telling his story, you obviously live it, but next thing you know, this is a guy that plays in the league against all odds as well, that has an amazing career, and that's a Stanley Cup champion, and had over a thousand career points and done all these amazing things. But he didn't do that alone, right? And, and whether it's you or, you know, kids or his family or your family or extended people, trainers, equipment managers, there's a lot of people exactly. that are on that journey. Uh and and that's why i'm always i always want to highlight that because there are a lot of people that are behind the scenes like people see me people see me on tv but you know they don't know as i was saying they don't know what it was like for my mom or my parents to take me to moors to get suits back when i was playing in the ohl playing in junior so i could have three or four suits on rotation and different ties and dress shirt you know what i mean yeah another
0: cost another cost
2: totally (laughs) at their expense you know what i'm saying so they It's like, all right, well, I guess we're not going to Barbados this year or next year or that year or that year until things changed. Right. And until I got in the league, but and just the late night phone calls and you, you know, you, I don't need to tell both of you, you know what those conversations are like. You come home, things aren't going well. You're freaking playing around an injury, coaches on your back, media's on your back. And, you know, you, you both can have those conversations. Right. And, and that goes a long way to maybe even resetting what he or she or they, how they feel. -hmm. You know, and and what their perspective is like, and so they don't players and people and whatever I don't know TV people, whoever it is, musicians, whatever that people look at, they're like, oh my god, like oh my god, actors and actresses, whoever. It's there's a lot of people behind the scenes that are a big part of of what we all do, and you're a big part of that.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Your passion is contagious. It's so it's Uh, so nice to get a chance to chat with you. But I think your passion has a lot to do with. Why you're successful? Uh, your character so is amazing. Much. I think you're an awesome ambassador, not just for diversity in the NHL, but I think for the league and just for h- humans. You're such oh, a great thank person. You. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thanks yeah, so much. Thank Thanks, mom, dad,
2: yeah. sis, and everybody else. Ladies, listen. On, on the on you asked about in closing. Great job with everything that you're doing. It's awesome. Uh, I see everything. My radar is always on. I don't say everything, <laughs> although that sounds hard to believe with me talking all the time on TV. But. <laughs> I don't say everything, but I see almost everything. So listen, keep up the amazing work. I think what, you, uh, what you're providing and, and the content and also the sense of community and connection is, it's beyond critical. And, you know, to also help help people navigate. Remember, there's no playbook for knowing how to be an NHL player or an NHL family member or NHL spouse. or There's no playbook for that. <laughs> you know, it's not like you go to, you know, it doesn't matter if you played college hockey at, at BU or if you played junior like these guys in Spokane, there's no playbook for it. You're just learning as you go, yeah. right, and, and, and navigating a lot of those realities of life and moving. And you were just saying, like, early in, ra- in Ray's career, moving around, I had that moving around. Luckily, I was single from the, major- the majority of it. But still, like, the realities of moving and changing and kids and school and who's doing one yeah. and where we're going, bills being paid on time. It, you don't get excuses from those because you have a spouse that's playing in the NHL. Know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, and then also finding your own lane and your own purpose and things that, that make you feel good and in ways that you contribute and things that you accomplish, there's a lot to unpack there. So uh, you're, you, you're both doing an awesome job with it.
1: Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks you. so much. It's nice to hear that sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> so it's thanks.
2: So yeah, no, my yeah. pleasure. Thanks for having well, me on.
1: Again, we appreciate it. Yeah. We adore you and uh, can't wait to see
2: what your future holds. Thank you much and look forward to jumping back on. I'm glad that you picked the low hanging fruit that was in the grass. (laughs) Get 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 off. We said only
1: the best, only the
0: best. Honestly, when I told Jason, I said that when I told him that we had you coming on, he's like, well, how'd you get that? And I'm like, "Um, because he likes us. I don't know. (laughs) Like like he was just Uh like amazed that we could possibly have you on. So Uh it's fun to break. Yeah.
2: Congrats to him on, on his new gig too, which is amazing. That's awesome to see. Congrats <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and congrats to Wizard. I know Wizard's working on a few different things, but I know he's been doing some great stuff. So well, keep me posted, you. and I want yes. to rejoin again. All right, yeah. it, sounds good.
1: Not, okay. Don't let it be another five-year wait. No Take way. All right. All right. Thank you. Take care, Kevin. Bye. Thanks for hanging out. You've been listening to Our Hockey Life with Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. Join us next week when we get to introduce you to another great hockey friend.
0: Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Hockey Life and at Codette LaBarbera.